and weird. I'm here with Samara Kasai, whose pronouns are they, them. Samara is a trauma-informed healer and transformation coach located in San Francisco. Their work centers around helping clients release personal and collective trauma as they cultivate their dreamiest realities. Hello, Samara. Hello. Thank you for having me. Well, welcome to the podcast. I have wanted to work with you, collab with you, do something with you for a long time. You're so amazing. So I'm glad to have you on here. <laughs> oh, thank you. I feel the same about you. I'm so excited that we're doing this. Yes, this has actually been scheduled for quite some time. But in true, like, divine timing, fashion, this past like week, I've been really um, talking to a lot of people thinking a lot about how we can, how it's a little bit different to manifest and work through things when we have gone through trauma. And here you are. (laughs) That is so funny. I need to hear everything you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I think it's something that I had to learn the hard way. And I've been like, sort of processing that. Mm -hmm. And you've just been like talking a lot about that lately on your page and with like your new programs coming out and stuff. And so I think this is obviously like the great time to talk about that. So um, I'd love to like, I don't know, I'd love to hear maybe how you like came to that conclusion, like how it's different to like manifest or quantum leap or call in things when we've gone through trauma. Ooh, okay. So Obviously, there's so much I could say on this, but (laughs) I'll just talk a little bit about like my own story, because that really is the vehicle for like everything that I do and and all the things that I offer to others. So I actually grew up in an abusive household and was just abused consistently for the first 20 years of my life by Mm -hmm. my parents and then have been in like toxic romantic partnerships and, and all of that. And so I have... I'm pretty like severe diagnosis of PTSD and I also have OCD and that has really just been like my life for as long as I can remember it like I don't remember a time before this was the case um so it's really just the lens through which I see the whole world you know um and I started getting into kind of like this idea of like lifestyle design and then eventually manifestation almost at the same time as I was really like breaking away from my parents and trying to learn how to just like individuate and create a life that was beyond kind of what I felt like I was on track for given the way that I was raised, you know, if that makes sense. And if you have any follow-up questions about any of this, let me know (laughs) because I'm really just thinking (laughs) out loud. Um, But it was basically like, I felt like my life had to go a particular way because of all of this abuse I had been experiencing. Mm -hmm. And I was really fighting against the idea that like, because I had been through all of this, my life was somehow like stunted or limited or constrained and feeling like my parents and my upbringing had just like permanently ruined my life and my whole rest of my life would be like terrible and there was this huge upper limit on me because I was always going to be dealing with these debilitating impacts of trauma so that's kind of just been the narrative that was handed to me and the way that I noticed myself starting to feel and and noticed when I was just like thinking about the future like I really couldn't see a future for myself Mm -hmm. I didn't I had a lot of trouble like letting myself dream letting myself be in contact with my desires because so much just felt like wildly impossible for me for like the majority of my life and like I said as I was starting to really just like come back to myself like as the therapy was starting to compound and as I was starting to just like see little glimmers of hope at the end of the trauma tunnel I guess it started to really feel like okay maybe I can create a life that like feels good feels Mm -hmm. empowering and then ultimately like maybe I can start to dream really big you know but it was very much like a gradual process that took a lot of years and so as I was learning about manifestation 
I came across the, the mainstream narrative, I guess, of manifestation, which is that you have these fears, the fears are like the worst thing ever. You must get rid of them immediately because that is what's holding you back. You have to forgive because if you don't forgive, then you're going to be held back. Basically, all of the reasons why manifestation wasn't working for you felt very much like victim blaming and emotional bypassing and just telling people to use their healing as a transaction for whatever thing they were calling in like it almost felt like you had to be so self-sacrificial and like Hmm. be willing to just like override all of your your entire like actual emotional reality so that you could get into this quote-unquote like high vibe state so that you could manifest um and there was a lot of like there were basically years of me kind of like coming up against this narrative which felt like very much the opposite of what I was trying to tell myself which was that me having experienced this trauma wasn't holding me back. And then the manifestation teachers were saying like, well, if you experience any type of fear, then that is holding you back. Or if you have trouble forgiving, then that is holding you back. Right. And so it was like this constant, like dissonance that I was in. And I, I just remember feeling so hopeless and feeling like manifestation was supposed to be helping me. And and it was supposed to be my way to like cultivate this reality that I had spent so much energy trying to believe I could even have but even that was telling me like oh no you're broken like you need to fix yourself before you can actually receive anything um and so that was really shitty and that was kind of the world I was living in for a few years and really like last year I would say like literally about a year ago now um like last February last March I really was just, I was living with my partner's family. We couldn't afford our own home. And I was trying to grow my business. And I was just like feeling so shitty about like everything and feeling like I was basically just back to where I had started to where I felt like I had no power. And the only way for me to become powerful was for me to quote unquote, like fix myself. Um, And I just got really into just like praying, honestly. And I was just like universe, like, I feel very gaslit right now. I feel like there is a lot promised to me and then a lot taken away from me. And it, and I was just being very transparent. And I started to do this thing where I would just like personify life, mm-hmm. which I've talked a little bit about on Instagram, but that was like the biggest game changer for me really was like personifying the concept of life especially because I had suffered with suicidal ideation in the past and the, and the idea of like life itself being something unavailable to me or something that I didn't want was just like so visceral to me. So I had this sense of like a relationship with life and what life meant. And I would sit every night before bed and just write these letters to life and just say like, Hey life, like here's what happened today. Here's how I'm feeling. Here's how I would like you and I to relate to each other. I know we're not there yet. And I would just kind of just be very open as if life was like this thing that was listening to me. Um, and little by little, just things things started to fall into place. And it it wasn't because I was sitting in my journal, like proving my inner child wrong all the time, which I think is like what a lot of manifestation teachers tell you to do is like, write all the reasons that's not true or write all the reasons that um, other people have done the thing and that's supposed to make you feel like you can do it or like whatever have you. I I basically just stopped doing all of that. I was writing these letters to life and then I would just be led to like much gentler practices that were just like rooted in compassion. Um, I started to remember that in in grad school, I actually did study trauma-informed care and I started to remember like all the principles of trauma-informed care that I had been learning in relationship to other people and thinking about how I could like just bring that into my relationship with life and remember that life did want me to be safe and life didn't want to re-traumatize me and like all of these things and that was where I started to really just cultivate my understanding of what it means to manifest from a trauma-informed place and since then like things just have completely turned around right like we we can't afford to live somewhere. We can afford to live in this like fucking penthouse in San Francisco. Um, My income has like tripled and just like our relationship has gotten so much deeper. Like so much about our lives has started to really look like the, the kind of life that I never thought that I would be capable of having. 
And yeah, it, it's just been really special. I know that was a super long-winded answer. I don't even remember <laughs> no, that's cool. Minutes. There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that feels like a good place to stop talking. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I definitely have very similar, I feel like beginning, like upbringing stuff. Um, I could relate to a lot of your story, um, even to the point where like, I don't even think I ever, I was doing some work around desires. That was like the first time I was like, last year was like the first time mm-hmm. I was like, um, I've never a- actually like asked myself, like, what do I truly want? Like, right. what is like a big thing? That's the most important thing to me or what does mm-hmm. my soul deeply desire? Like I never, I, I similar to you, I was like, this is the only way that my life could go. I can only get out of it. Like for me, mine was like, if I go to college, that's the way I can get out yeah. of my oppressive household. Yeah. I'm going to live on campus. Yeah. I'm going to get such good grades that I get mm-hmm. scholarships and I'm out of here. Like exactly. as a child, I didn't, there was no other way. Yeah. <laughs> and so Thank that's what me. I did. Yeah. And like, I, then when I was like done with college, I had like suicidal ideation, like really hard because I was like, okay, now what? Like, mm-hmm. that's all they say mm-hmm. is just go to college and you'll get a job. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm here working at a cafe. Like what? Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So I totally relate. I feel like probably every listener could relate in some point to that. Like, and I really like um, something that I saw that you were talking about was like, you, you grew up a certain way and you thought this is all I could have. And then you really tried to like heal that. And then with manifestation, I feel like a lot of like the new agey, like manifestation, like techniques, it, what I saw was like this parallel of like, we're used, if we're come from like a trauma or like an abusive household, like we're used to that kind of behavior of being gaslit of being told mm-hmm. we can't have these things. And I think that mm-hmm. that version of manifestation, I kind of saw the same, like it's, familiar to our bodies we maybe like cling to it because it's the same thing where it's like you're not good enough yet you got to keep trying though like Mm -hmm. maybe there's something wrong with you like these little Mm -hmm. like pieces that keep us going Mm -hmm. and I just saw that like our bodies are used to that and it can be hard like you said it's like where is like I feel like I'm getting gaslit like where is this where's where's the thing I wanted so I really I love that like I think that it's really inspiring um, that you like came to this and you saw this. And I do a lot of like personification work with clients too. So I love that you do that. Mm-hmm. It like, there's something about like seeing a thing as a human that just mm-hmm. makes it like easier. So I think like people, like if you want to go home, like end this podcast now, just start journaling about, <laughs> you know, to life. Like that's yes. a huge, like really important takeaway. Like anything that you're like feeling I do it with my clients. Like I'll have them personify. What does your confidence look like? Like, Mm. you know, like, so it's like anything you can personify what those things look, you know, I do it for money healing. Like what is money if it's a person? And then I can see like what my relationship with like life is by how they appear to me. You know, it's like, is it like a scary thing? Is it like something that makes me feel gross in my body? Like, Uh (laughs) exactly, exactly. I love it. I feel like we do basically the same thing because I also have my clients personify money. Um, Also, I, I just wanted to jump in and say what you said was so beautiful and so true. And like the, the part about those new age narratives being familiar Mm -hmm. and that really was how it felt for me and that's a beautiful way to articulate like it just feels it it's that sense of safety that comes from something that's familiar even if it's toxic Mm -hmm. which is like so known for for those of us who've experienced trauma like we can so easily just leap out of one toxic way of thinking and into another toxic way of thinking because it still feels safe Mm -hmm. and having a system that's set up to tell you like you're not good enough and the way that you think is wrong and the way that you feel is wrong and not only is it wrong but it is the thing preventing you from self-actualizing it's preventing you from experiencing happiness like basically that's what we're told anyway and so (laughs) it's just the ableism has shifted faces Mm -hmm. but it it really is that sense of like safety and comfort that comes from being told familiar things even if they're still hurting you you know yeah and I think that's where like a lot of the blame comes in that we don't realize that that it's like it's a normal reaction that your body has like this is what you were given for x amount of years so you're Mm -hmm. you're used to this like Mm -hmm. don't feel bad that you maybe gravitate towards this or you choose it over other things like it's a process Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. yes 
So beautiful. <laughs> so I guess like my question would be what, so let's say I'm like, okay, I, I tried some new age manifestation stuff. This didn't work for me. I know I had like a shitty upbringing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what would you, where would you start with people? Like what advice would you give them for like, okay, if this manifestation technique is not working for you and you've experienced trauma, like try this instead, or like so- something along those lines. Yes. Okay. So we can just do this with you, but this is what I would do is I would ask the person more questions. And typically what it looks like is, um, cause obviously manifestation is like a whole process. Right. And so I try to chunk it down into little stages and obviously it's like not linear, but as far as maybe categories, um, that don't need to all happen in a particular order. I, I think about the category of kind of being clear on your desires, claiming your desires, feeling worthy of them, like all the desire related aspects of manifestation, feeling like you have a clear vision um, could be another category. Like, do you feel confident visioning your life? Do you feel like you can actually see a future for yourself? Like, cause sometimes people can know what they want, but they can't do the, the step of actually seeing and feeling into how that would look for them. And I think a lot of manifestation teachers would say like, feel the feelings of having it and see yourself having it. And, but, but a lot of times we can't always do that. Even if we know exactly what it is, we can't access that in our bodies. And so is that where the problem is? There's um, the aspect that I talked about a little bit earlier of like, do you feel comfortable in the, um, getting yourself to feel confident and joyful that the thing is coming like because that's another thing like where are your expectations at and then of course the the victim blaming and and what's your relationship with your thoughts and and are you policing your mind and trying to get yourself to think a way that doesn't come naturally to you Mm -hmm. um and so I would just break it up into categories and try to talk to the person and see like what about the new age manifestation hasn't been working for you and if it's all of it then like that's great too um but from there then I would have other things I would do but just from those basic kind of categories is there anything that that hit for you or was it something else entirely that this made you think of yeah definitely I feel like probably all of those like a little bit of all of those I think when I first started the like the desires was unbeknownst to me right like I said like Mm -hmm. last year was the first time I started asking myself those so now I kind of know like one or two of my desires like main Mm -hmm. desires in this life and then the feelings part, I always felt right up. Like you said, there was like, feel the feeling, like get into it. And I would try it. And like, it just something in my body wouldn't feel like connecting. It would feel like a disconnect. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I could like, I'm really good at imagining and stuff. Cause I'm like very creative. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, I can fully like vision, like what that reality would look like. I could vision like 70 realities, like, and mm-hmm. be very visceral, but like, I don't feel, I'm like, I know what it would feel like, like, I guess a storyteller, but right. I wasn't like feeling that in my body. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that one's been like taking some time. Like, I feel like now I'm starting to feel that like, mm-hmm. and it's wild. <laughs> like I'll, um, it usually happens for me. Like I, I make products and stuff and I forage for mm-hmm. them. So like, I'll be just walking around the neighborhood, just like talking to plants and like picking them yeah. and stuff. And like, then I just feel like, whoa, like, this is what that feels like. Like, this is my life right now. Like what? And then like, I just like want to cry. Cause it's like this, this weird, like, it's safe to feel that, you know, like this yeah. is reality. It's not just like what you're imagining it to be. Yeah. Um, and then like the vision part, I feel like because I can, vis- I have like so many ideas. It's like, which one do you actually want though? Cause I feel like I, for vision for me, it's more like my, I have like Mars Virgo. So I just kind of like get very honed in about like details and things. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it becomes like about logic, about practicality or like mm-hmm. what thing is making me the most money now? I'm going to just keep going right. with that thing. Okay. instead of like, what do you actually want? Like, what do you uh-huh. want your life to look like? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So bit that of- makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of everything. <laughs> that makes sense. And I think the thing about um, like having a vision and how that like, like doing the puzzle pieces of this is the desire, this is the vision. How do we like have them inform each other rather than like 
we can vision things, but is the vision based off of the limitations of like the present? This actually makes sense because when I talk to clients, sometimes I'll ask them like, are you visioning based on what you're experiencing now? Or are you visioning based on what's possible for you? Mm-hmm. And the possibility comes from desire. And of course the present is what could inform a vision. Like you're saying of like, well, this is making me the most money. So let me envision my life with this because this is what I can like tangibly access Mm -hmm. right now so that all makes a lot of sense to me um I think as far as like how okay (laughs) question for you (laughs) because now I feel like I could just keep coaching you (laughs) but I want to like make sure that that's that we're doing whatever's going to be the most helpful for everyone here um but what would be the most helpful for me to talk through next I mean I guess we can start with like those categories and maybe see like, okay, here's a way to start tapping into that. Like, yeah. like little, like first steps, like, okay, I, I don't know what my desires are. Like, how, how do I know what my desires are? Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that I actually like to do is I'll use fear to lead me to what my desires are, mm-hmm. which I know is like accessing fear on purpose is such a huge no, no. Right. But like, um, I will literally make a list of everything I don't want to happen in a given situation. Like what would be absolutely devastating if this happened? And of course you do this in the safety of like, like if, if accessing fear isn't safe for you and you don't feel like you have the, um, I, I don't know why the word equipment came up, but not necessarily like tangible physical equipment, but if you don't feel emotionally equipped, um, to, be in fear and then to leave fear and not spiral, then this is not helpful for you. But for anyone who feels safe accessing fear, um, or maybe you're doing this with a coach or with someone who can, who can sit with you in it. Um, I would go and, and write down what I'm terrified of happening or what like the worst case scenario is. And then I would use that to map onto, okay, well then what, do I actually want to happen based off of what am I scared of happening? So for example, if I was really afraid that everyone would ghost me on Instagram for some reason, and, and like everyone was reading my stuff and they were like, Oh my God, Samara is so stupid. Why do they think this? Like what made them think that they would write this? Then that would teach me that actually being well-received is something I do desire. Even if it's something I wouldn't have gotten to on my own, because we have so much shame around wanting to be well-received and like, being attention seeking and caring what other people think. And like, everyone's telling you not to give a fuck what other people think. And so I probably wouldn't have reached that conclusion if I was just like trying to sit and write, like, what do I want? But it's really clear from the fear that I do want people to receive me well. And I do care a lot what other people think. And I want people to think well of me. So that could be a way for me to access that desire that might otherwise not come out because of shame. Does that make sense? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I just, uh, it's it's a different I like having different ways on the podcast I just did like a patron episode and we talked about like looking at your favorite villain from like comic mm, books interesting. and like what intrigues you about them and that can reveal like your hidden desires because it's mm. like oh man they just like they don't care what anybody thinks they're uh-huh, just out here uh-huh. looking like with their makeup and their outfit you know like uh-huh. so I, I like that it's like a slightly different way of like what in my real life am I afraid of and what can that reveal for me Mm -hmm. about what I want yeah and I think for anyone who's experienced trauma fear is so present anyway like the hyper vigilance is just there and you are or or at least for me I am generally afraid of so many things all the time (laughs) and so it's an easy invitation for me to actually sit with what am I afraid of and sometimes I'll even do these worry dates where I'll like put on some nice music and I'll light a candle and I will just journal out all of my things that I'm worried about Mm -hmm. and then I'll go through those worries and start to pull out like what is this telling me that I want like what have I learned about myself what's really important to me based on me taking the time to be intimate with what I'm worried about you know yeah yeah and I think it it goes back to what you were saying earlier which is like instead of just like pushing it away or like disbelieving in it or you know like you're giving it space which is what I do too like we do very similar things but like yeah like giving that fear space and and letting it be heard and like validated instead of like 
trying to force it away and never look at it and stuff. So I love right. it. Or like making it bad. Like, I feel like in this instance, it's like, I'm giving the worry a place in my life and I'm making it valuable and like an important part of the process rather than like, I have to eradicate you because you're holding me back and you're wrong, you know? Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the other category you talked about in terms of like visioning, like how can we vision? Ooh, I, I don't know if this might be too big, but like, <laughs> like how can I create a vision that I know is like true to me and what I want mm-hmm. and not like societal duty, familial duty, like fear and things like that. No, I love it. I love it. That's so perfect. Um, One thing that's coming through to say, and sometimes I will have like little nudges come up as I'm talking. And so this is something I hadn't thought before. But one thing that's coming through is don't put pressure on yourself for it to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Allow your vision to be malleable. Because once you learn about yourself through all the other processes and just through loving yourself and like growing into yourself, you will probably realize over time that certain things that you really wanted were things that you wanted because of societal pressure or structure or even spite is coming up too. Like sometimes we just want things out of spite because if we've been harmed or if people have treated us poorly, we want to prove to them that they were wrong or we want to have a certain thing just because they said we wouldn't be able to have it but we don't check in with ourselves about whether or not that's what we want. And that can be really hard to access, especially if it's being fueled by the exact like traumatic experience that you've had. And a lot of the times our first pass at desire is just, we want to have what people said we couldn't have, or we want to have the thing that other people had that made us feel shitty that we didn't have it or like whatever that may be. And touching into that is a very important part of the process of shedding trauma. And so it feels important to just remind people like your vision is going to become more and more true to you as your journey of self-acceptance and love just like grows over time. Like it's kind of just like a side effect of that rather than something that you need to intentionally try to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, that totally makes sense. Like, I feel like you're definitely speaking to me directly. <laughs> like, I love it. I, I definitely, like, one of my inner child's, like, favorite songs is called Salute Your Solution. And, like, mm-hmm. their favorite, um, it's by the Raconteurs. And, like, their favorite lyric is, like, I got what I got all to spite you. And I got what I got just to spite you. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, there we go. Perfect. So you're like, so we might want some things out of spite and I'm like why are you calling me out right now oh my god but no it's true like I think like even when I was talking about my story you know it's like I experienced like a lot of stuff from my mom just like putting me down calling me stupid calling me so I got straight A's you know like I got into college I Mm -hmm. got into every college I applied to you know like Mm -hmm. that type of thing so it's like it is important to realize that that's part, like, I like that you're like, it's part of the process, like, because we don't realize, like, we're doing the best with the tools that we have, and Mm -hmm. as we learn and grow and, like, get more stuff, like, it'll give us space to be like, okay, I don't, I don't need to do that for, I don't need to live for that person or, like, you know, in opposition to that person. Exactly, and honestly, sometimes having the thing that you wanted out of spite is what you need in order to realize that it was spite and then you can let it go like sometimes we will literally just put ourselves in situations as a subconscious attempt to heal and so like same with you I got straight A's because my dad was calling me stupid every single day and so I felt like I really needed that. And I put a ton of academic pressure on myself and I put a ton of pressure on myself in college as well. And then by the time I was like in grad school, I was like, hold on, (laughs) I don't actually like school. (laughs) None of this feels intrinsically rewarding to me. Hmm. Um, But it was so much easier to just like recognize that that was my parents and to let go of all of the pain of being called stupid for my whole life when I was actively empowered to make the choice that like, I know I'm not stupid. I've clearly proven that I've done all of these things Mm -hmm. and I don't care what you think anymore. Like that hits differently than like potentially just 
feeling like it might still be true because you haven't had any experience to prove to yourself that it's not true and then trying to let it go like you've disproven that to yourself now by getting the thing that they said you couldn't have you know yeah yeah I definitely relate to that like I applied to master's like straight out of bachelor's Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then I got in and then my mentor from college was like um so what career do you want to have with this master's degree? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I just, this is the field I'm interested in. I, this is how I can like find value. Cause I, before I didn't have like value in my life unless I was in service, like helping. Right. So I was, I applied to like environmental policy and stuff. Um, Me too. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) I was doing a master's in environmental policy. Yeah. Like it's, and then they're like, my mentor was like, yeah. So if you don't have like a specific trajectory for like this master's degree will get me this job and I want this job, then don't mm-hmm. do it. And I was like, yeah. Oh, that's like, smart. I wish someone had said that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know it's expensive too. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I totally see that. And I think like that was, that's why this year I'm having a lot more of these feelings like, wow, this is my life because all last year was like the first year I was you know, fully employed by my business. And I was freaking Mm -hmm. out the entire time. Like, am I going to do it? Am I going to make enough money? I'm, you know, like the worthiness of like fear of failing, fear of success and all that. And then it was like, you have a year of receipts. Mm -hmm. Like this, Mm -hmm. this is your proof right here, even though you were freaking out. And now I'm like, oh, okay. You know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like for a lot of people we do, I know specifically me, like I'm a manifesting generator I'm a three three five line and like we have if you're like a three line you have to like learn by doing the thing like Mm -hmm. if somebody will tell you that stove is hot don't touch it like you have to touch it like right 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 (laughs) no yeah yeah so that's how I'm like I know I need to like experience the thing to to get the answer a lot of the time so I like that exactly yeah Yeah. And so I think, and, and I don't know that much about human design, but I think it kind of just goes back to like, as you know yourself in through whatever Avenue, it becomes a lot easier for you to just have compassion for the realization that your desires are from society and not from you, you know, and then to change them. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And then there is a third thing that you said, you said vision, we cover vision desires. And what was the third thing that you said? I think we were talking about, well, there were two things, but one that you brought up again was the feeling, accessing feelings in your body, um, which is a big part of it. And you said that that was kind of starting to come along for you. So I'll share like my, what has helped my clients and what's helped me, but I'm also curious to know like what has helped you since you said that that's been coming together for you. But what I would tell people who are having trouble having like accessing feelings in your body, first of all, always like compassion and gentleness with yourself. I think sometimes we can like get into this shame spiral where we're, we don't feel the feeling and then we are upset that we don't feel the feeling and then we continue to not feel it because we feel bad. And so like cutting off the shame spiral by having compassion for yourself, acknowledging like the instances, like for example, if the feeling is joy, Um, one of the feelings I'm really working with is relief actually for me right now. So I will acknowledge, and this again goes into, um, knowing yourself and knowing how much you're willing to go back and acknowledge traumatic experiences. And like, if you feel safe doing so, and so I'll give a couple of ways that you could do this without re-traumatizing. Um, but if it would not re-traumatize you acknowledge instances where the feeling has been denied from you, like where you have not felt able to access joy or where you haven't felt able to access relief for me, for example. Um, And for me, it is a lot of just feeling like I could never rest because whatever I accomplished wasn't good enough. And so like, I don't have a lot of experience feeling relieved or feeling like I can stop doing whatever because it feels like I'm on this hamster wheel. And so acknowledging like particular times where I felt like I was on a hamster wheel and where I felt like I had to keep going, Um, that helps me to access the compassion for myself and to break the shame spiral. And so doing that could help you just like to not be mad at yourself that you're not experiencing it. Mm -hmm. What I will do from there is I'll go through processes to just like release those particular memories. So what I did yesterday actually was I, um, 
I did two spell candles and I'll talk through a little bit of the spell candles, but this might get in the weeds. Um, but basically one spell candle was for detoxing the memories themselves. And I just wrote like one sentence to reference the memory. Like I would write like, oh, 20th birthday or like whatever, like whatever the, the like a few, a few words, um, nothing too deep and crazy because we don't want to re-traumatize. So I wrote those down on a piece of paper, um, dressed up my detox candle with stuff that signified detox to me put um, an obsidian down and just like let that burn. And then I did another candle with like some lavender and some chamomile and just like things that signified relief and soothing to me. Um, And then put, I believe I put down a rose quartz and I let that burn. And as those were burning, I sat and I just like thought about each of those memories and just like thanked them for being a part of my journey, like remembering, like, this is, this is a part of my truth. I'm, I'm not trying to go back and change the past. I recognize that this is like who I am and this is what I've experienced and I'm ready to experience something new. Like I just sat in that meditation yesterday and I just like cried it all out and just like, let that be the symbol of a, of a new chapter for me where I was welcoming relief into my life. So you could do a spell like that. You could do tapping, like whatever feels good for you to like release the past Um, And that will usually get it to the point where I feel safer just letting the feeling come to me, you know, just from like the, the more magical perspective, I respond really well once I've done a spell. And so now it does feel safer for me to remember like, oh, I did that whole thing to, (laughs) to release the reasons I didn't feel like I could access relief. And so now it feels like I can start accessing it. If going via the past doesn't help, um, and if you feel like that might re-traumatize you, um, another thing that is a hack that really works is to access memories that you might have, even if they're very small and seemingly insignificant, of feeling the feeling. Like, even if it's just, I remember when my head hit the pillow one night and it felt really nice to just relax. Like, even if that's it just like having those and writing those down and like trying your best to relive those very small memories and doing it consistently, like taking note, if you're like, okay, one night when my head hit the the pillow, I felt relieved actively every night, feel your head hitting the pillow and remember to like notice that this is something that brings me relief and just finding those little tiny pockets throughout the day finishing something and feeling that sense of like, oh, I finished unloading the dishwasher. Like this thing is done. I've stopped doing this. And just reminding yourself, maybe pick three times throughout the day to just remind yourself, like, this is something that typically makes me feel the feeling, you know? Yeah. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Um, I definitely, I feel like it's interesting. Like I definitely, see the parallels we do it differently but for the same like revisiting I help people like revisit memories um Mm -hmm. as well with inner child healing but it's like they're kind of like the older they're look outside Mm -hmm. looking in so it's like less re-triggering right Mm -hmm. um but yeah uh you were curious like how I've been tapping into this I feel like similar to you like it's been some time right like some years Mm -hmm. of like first I had to learn how to be inside of my body and feel yeah. some yes. safety, how to feel my emotions. Yes. Yes. So that it's took a while, it. right? Like, mm-hmm. and that, that process, I feel like now where I'm at, um, it's a mix of things. Um, so one of the things that I've been like learning is relaxing, um, mm-hmm. which is similar to relief, right? Like even my guides are like, even when you're sitting on the couch, you're not relaxing, like your shoulders right, are tense, right. like you need to let go. And so yeah. for me, it was like, realizing where or like why that comes up mm-hmm. and acknowledging that so for me it's like the hyper independence so like I can't mm-hmm. trust anyone I have to do this all on my own mm-hmm. and for me it was like about surrendering so like I finally similar to how you were saying like you kind of like prayed a lot like I've just been like just speaking to my guides more doing some like ritual stuff with like candles and like movement and things of like I'm it's okay for me to ask for help like it's okay for me to surrender and to to create that space so I don't have to carry everything and I can Mm -hmm. free up the space to like feel these like better moments instead of like I have to control everything and like it has to be a certain way and like uh, you know um that has 
like just kind of like realizing like why I'm not feeling it right like mm-hmm. how you're talking about like looking at those memories like when I was denied this I think mm-hmm. um my partner is a really big mirror for that Frankie mm-hmm. he's I know you don't know a lot about human design but he's a reflector um and in human design they have like completely open like all their body centers on the inside is like all open so they literally are like mirrors like they reflect our shit back to us so Mm -hmm. (laughs) he has like been very motivating like he doesn't try to do anything like I just recognize these things Mm -hmm. but like for me like how you're saying like I look at like the minute stuff and I Mm -hmm. see like why am I like acting like this in this small instance like oh because I was denied this before you know like and now I'm acting out or I'm feeling triggered Mm -hmm. so like really trying to like slow down and notice the smaller things for me Mm -hmm. has led to like these bigger like aha moments like wow wait so like I was doing this my whole life like this isn't normal (laughs) yeah um yeah I'm trying to think like I'm sure more stuff will come up it it, it is a it is a mix you know of like lots Mm -hmm. of different things that I've been doing um but yeah I think for me I'm a very like hands like I need to have like the thing going on in my body so like the more I connect with my body the more I'm creating intention like whether it's like journaling yoga stretching lighting Mm -hmm. a spell candle like whatever it is like that helps me to just have that like focus like I'm here to feel instead of like I know like the distraction thing like there's like some weird feelings I don't fully believe in like you're distracting yourself all the time you can't enjoy like you can't watch tv because you're distracting yourself like I don't believe in that but like I do recognize when it's like you could be journaling right now but you're not you know like so that's the part where I'm like okay so I'm creating more intentional stuff for feeling the feelings yeah I feel like I had something better to say but it it escaped my mind that was all great I don't know (laughs) I loved all of it that made me think of so many things I think the piece you said about remembering what it feels like to be in your body and what it feels like to connect to feelings is a whole part of the journey that like I totally skipped, but that um, first of all is huge, right? And and from like a trauma perspective, like learning how to not dissociate is a thing, is a lifelong <laughs> thing. Um, but just getting the awareness of when you're dissociating and learning what helps you come back and, and what helps you feel safe. And breath work has been huge for me in addition to just like the... Um, the more, I guess, like therapy-esque things and doing, um, so the therapy, obviously super, super helpful for me. Not obvious, because I know therapy doesn't help everyone, but it has been very helpful for me. Um, Sensory stimulation, like blankets all the time or scents or just like things to remind my body, like, okay, it's actually nice and cozy in here. Like we can be in here. Um, That super helps. But breath work has been, an immense help for me. And when it's so funny, because when I started to think like, okay, this manifestation thing doesn't actually feel good. That was when I got the nudge to just go super in on breath work. And I started working one-on-one with someone like every week for a year, basically, just so that that person could help me come into my body, you know, and like access, like the style that we were doing was specifically to access repressed emotion. Yeah. And so that was huge. And I totally like glossed over that whole thing, but that was like literally a year of my life where the whole point was to access repressed emotions. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like, I do that a lot with my clients. Um, and there's something I was going to say about breath work. Um, dang, it escapes me now. Yeah. Like being in your body and feeling the feelings, like learning the coping mechanisms, like learning how to do all that, like that has been really helpful for me. I'm like a very like emotional, like feeling person, Mm -hmm. but like learning how not to disassociate. um, That's like, yeah, that's a big thing. I remembered what it was. So the, you're talking about like the sensory stuff. Mm -hmm. I think this is something that people like, I want to like speak more on this. Like I learned, you know, like with ADHD, Mm -hmm our bodies don't process like moving from one task to another like our brains don't like chunk things as easily as like neurotypical people Mm -hmm. and when I learned this I was like wait and they described it as like 
so if it's hard for you to be like, now I'm, I'm up, I'm starting the day for work. And then like, now I'm done with work. I'm, you know, like it's hard for people with ADHD to find that rhythm. Mm -hmm. Um, and they said like, what you could do is like to have an actual like tangible thing or like a ritual that you do that signifies. And the person's example was like, I make my cup of coffee. I spend this few minutes making it when I smell the coffee, when I'm holding the warm cup in my hand, when I drink the coffee that signifies to my body every morning, now it's time for work. Right. And so I think that that is something that I've done too, is like creating intentional spaces or rituals or like sensory experiences. That's like, Mm -hmm. this means I'm safe right now, or this means I can relax right now. Like for me being in the bath was like a really like, Mm -hmm. because I was like, I can't relax. Like my guys are like, just relax your shoulders. Like move move into I'm like ah, I can't so like being in the bath like I literally will have my snorkel and I'm like fully under the water just breathing <laughs> that's like when I'm like fully relaxed like I need to be like under this warm water like in the womb <laughs> that is so smart I love that yeah and like for me that's where I'm just like called to and so then when I get out of the bath, it's like, I know what that feels like now in my body to be fully relaxed. So now I can like tap back into that during the day. Like that's just do this thing. That's how you relax your shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, oh, I love it. Yeah. So I think it's important to like, know, like how you mentioned this earlier of like finding ways that work for you and like things that resonate with you. Like for me, learning more about myself and like the ADHD and all that, like I was like, oh, mm-hmm. it's just a little bit harder for me to do this. So I'm going to create like, you know, when I'm done for the day, I wear my shoes during the day in the house, even though I work from home. Cause that for me, like signifies like I'm at work. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. And then when I'm done for the day, it's like, my shoes are off. Now I can relax. My shoes are off. Right. right. So. Oh, I need to do something with work because I feel like I have no, um, the, the boundary is very yeah. porous right now. <laughs> Mine isn't that good either, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so good. And honestly, that the thing about learning more about yourself is so true because even as I've been on this journey of trying to let myself feel relief, um, that was when I got diagnosed with eight with um, OCD because I was talking to my therapist about how I really had trouble feeling like I could be relieved and like I could stop doing stuff. And like, everything was like, okay. And I could just exhale, you know, and it was coming like, obviously from traumatic memories, but it was presenting as this compulsion to just always find something else to do all the time, because I couldn't like, just let myself feel like I'd done enough, you know? And so doing things that are specifically designed for people with OCD has actually been really helpful with the relief thing too. I feel like I should try some stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The thing that really helped me was having like, literally it was so simple, but it really helped just making a list ahead of time of the stuff I wanted to do and actively being like, okay, when I've done these things, I'm stopping (laughs) and I have to sit with the discomfort of stopping. Mm -hmm. But we, I have this agreement with myself that this is it. (laughs) And I, I choose to honor that agreement kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I make a lot of lists. I have like checklists and then I bought like a big whiteboard to like write it all out and to see what was I supposed to be doing again? You know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, The list is, is good for me, but I, yeah, I think intuitively I'm finding some of these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Wow. This has been like, I'm trying to think like what other, okay. So there's one other thing that you said, cause you said there was two more we covered feelings, desires, vision, and then yes, um, policing your mind was mm. another one, and then the other one was it goes back to the desire thing, but like receiving actually and like feeling comfortable and safe receiving are like some of the other things that I could touch on. Um, it's also I just looked; it's been already like almost an hour, which is insane. I know I <laughs> this has like, gone so fast. <laughs> Like I know I keep track of the time I'm like there's a couple minutes left <laughs> yeah wow I was like shocked to see that it was already 50 minutes um but anyway I was gonna talk about now my mind is completely blank oh you're talking oh. about receiving and there's one other thing sorry Go ahead. policing your mind let's talk about policing your mind because that is the big thing for I think a lot of what was hard for me was that I noticed I was policing my mind. Like I would notice a thought 
that was disempowering or a thought that just like didn't feel good in my body. Like after I had the thought, I would notice my body feeling like a different way or just any, any kind of what a manifestation, a manifestation teacher might call like a low vibe thought, I guess, or like a limiting belief Mm -hmm. coming up. I don't really love or agree with the term limiting beliefs at all, but like, Mm -hmm. if that is helpful for people, like whatever, um, however you conceptualize that, whenever I would notice those thoughts, it wouldn't just be that like they would pass through. Like, I know that we get taught sometimes if you've done therapy or if you've um, experienced any kind of like mindfulness work, like see the thought is a cloud and let the cloud like pass you by it the cloud would just stay there and turn into this like dark storm cloud and it would just be pouring (laughs) and it would just feel terrible like it would just the thought would bring up so much shame that I had had the thought the thought would like make me want to stop everything and like journal and like it felt like those like I specifically antagonized those thoughts and made it as if those thoughts were the thing that was ruining my life. And those thoughts were the thing that was holding me back. And so my relationship with my mind just became so toxic. And I felt like I was just going through my mind with this like fine tooth comb, trying to like get rid of all of the quote unquote, like limiting beliefs. And it was just so, it was so harmful. And I know that a lot of people are in that place. And so I wanted to offer just like some small thing that you could do if, if you're there. And like, this is, there's so much that goes into this, but like a a way to start that really helped me. This is like a very specific thing. Um, but I don't know if any of you watch Steven universe. Have you watched Steven universe? (laughs) Okay. So, you know, this song here comes a thought. Yeah. Okay. So what I do is I will literally, I have a playlist with that song on it and I'll just make sure that I listen to that song like once a day, twice a day. If I'm having a really shitty day, I'll have it on repeat for a while. And that will train my mind to remember like, okay, this is just a thought. It's not like it has that much power over me, but it's still, we're acknowledging that it hurts. We're acknowledging that like, it feels bad to think this thought. And we're recognizing that we can distance ourselves from it. And so obviously this is going to look different for everyone, but anything that you can do that will help you distance yourself from the thought, not like bypass it and make it go away, but almost like how, when you personify life, like this is an entity that isn't me. Yeah. I see it. I acknowledge the way that it's impacting me right now, but it is not me, you know? Um, And so listening to that song really, really helped. And now at this point, I will just find myself singing it. Like I'll have a thought and then I'll just, here comes a thought (laughs) like right afterwards. Um, But whatever, whatever helps you in particular listening, like create a little bit of space between you and the thought that you're having has been like super game changing for me. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't vibe with the cloud one. So the one I use, the visualization I use is like a train in the station. Like it's scheduled to come in into the station, which is your body or your mind. Mm -hmm. It's going to sit here for whatever time it's scheduled. And then it's going to move on. And I do that for like emotions too. Cause it's like, we sometimes feel like I can't feel this emotion. It's going to be too much. It's going to, you know, it's like, it's just coming through to teach you some knowledge, some things, and then it's going to leave. Like it's, I, it's, I feel like it helps to create that distance, like from Mm -hmm. yourself, like it's nothing to do with me. Uh, There's nothing wrong with me. It's just here floating around in the atmosphere (laughs) and my brain like sucked it in. And now I'm just going to watch it leave, you know? Oh, I love that train thing. I think I'm going to take that. That'll be my takeaway from this episode. (laughs) Um, cause I love that. And I grew up in New York with a lot of trains. So I feel like that just is a very visceral memory for me anyway. Yeah. And you know how sometimes that's what I think of too, cause my family's from New York. So like, I always think like sometimes like the train it's stuck for whatever reason, it's right. the last one in the stop. You have to wait 20 minutes for it to leave. Like it's just doing its job. Like it's just going through. So, yeah. And it always moves. It's never stuck permanently. Oh, that's good. I'm going to sit with that one. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you for that, Amanda. Yeah, of course. I like the song one too. I noticed like, I was thinking like, do I do this? And I, for me, it was more like, like for trauma. Mm-hmm. Cause I didn't know a lot of like the things that I experienced weren't normal mm-hmm. in my childhood. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like there were certain songs for me that when I heard the song, I was like, wait a minute, like that's an inappropriate behavior. Like, cause mm-hmm. they're, what is it called? Um, it, it's, it's a sublime song. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the wrong way. Mm-hmm. The lyrics are like very inappropriate. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll listen to it later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the song is about like a young woman who is being like sold for sex by her family because they're poor. Mm-hmm. And like, but the, the guy is like, from this weird inappropriate angle but he's also commenting on like how that's inappropriate and like I didn't learn those types of like what men staring at young women is like inappropriate like so for me that I connect to like the music like this showed me like that's not okay and when Mm -hmm. I'm feeling like blaming myself I you know listen to the song it's like it's it's somebody else said it's wrong so it's okay it's not okay (laughs) yeah yeah I think music is so healing and powerful in that way hundred percent. I like my guides always send me music. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Same. They called it, my guides called it iPod divination once, <laughs> which is like my favorite term. <laughs> I love that. I think there's actually a, I think it's called shufflemancy. That's, <gasps> that's what it's called. What? Yeah. When you like, yeah, you let the song, like whatever in your shuffle song come through, that's yeah. meant for you. I've been doing that without knowing what it was called. I mean, I was calling it iPod divination. That's amazing. Close, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. And it doesn't give any credit to Apple. Yes. There we go. So there we go. <laughs> um, okay. The other thing was receiving and feeling safe holding the thing once you have it. Um, and so I, I feel like I'm going to talk so much and I want to make sure that I'm respectful of of your time and of everyone's time it's up to you if you want to go over if you have the time okay I do have a little bit of time um so I'll just talk a little bit about what has what that might look like for you and what has been helpful for me and or clients in most cases so one thing one story that I tell sometimes is the time when my business had this like huge month it was like over $9,000, but it was only four months into my business. And the month before it was like a $900 month. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to have like a $1,500 month. And then it was like a $9,000 month. And I was freaking out. And I felt like, like I, the celebration just got so eclipsed by all of the like shame that was coming up because I had not done the work to feel like it was even okay for me to make that much money in a month. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was like selling out. It just like my relationship with money was not there to the point where receiving that amount was like felt okay in my body. I was also really afraid that somehow my parents would pop up and ask me for money now that I had money. And there was just like so much that was brought to the surface by this one month. And what I've realized after just like talking through this with more people and and having clients experience this is that in the same way that receiving something can teach you that you wanted it out of spite or that you didn't really want it, Mm -hmm. sometimes we can attract the experience of receiving something overwhelming because we are trying to heal whatever trauma that that will bring up. Mm -hmm. And so obviously receiving that amount of money helped me in many ways um, financially, but it also helped me because that was the first time I had ever thought that my parents would ask me for money. And I had to really deal with like, what is my relationship with my parents such that I'm afraid of this and like do a lot of like healing of how my parents related to me financially and all this stuff that I think it was just a really perfect vehicle for that. It was also a perfect vehicle to kickstart me feeling into like, do I want to be a person who makes $9,000 a month? Like, is that, do I feel like that's allowed? Is that okay? You know, like it would have probably taken me so much longer to get there if I had to do it like in theory versus just being thrown into it and having to sit with like, well, I'm here now. Like, what do I want to do with this? Um, And so what I would say to anyone who's in a situation where they've kind of either gotten their desire and it doesn't feel good or they've gotten even more than their desire and it and it feels like the the feeling overwhelmingly is like feeling triggered or just like feeling shitty for whatever reason i would really there are two things that that are coming through to say the first which i've said all the time is like compassion compassion passion um have compassion for the reason you're feeling shitty don't 
shame yourself for feeling shitty. I know sometimes we can get to this place where we're like, this just happened. I should feel amazing, but I don't feel amazing. And that means there's something wrong with me. And this is more evidence that I'm broken. And like, we can go into that place of like, I'm not feeling correctly. Um, And that was what I did actually that like that experience taught me so much. And I continue to go back to it because that was my first thing. I was like, I should feel amazing. And I feel terrible. What the fuck is wrong with me? Right. Um, But allowing yourself to have compassion for the fact that like, this is actually how you feel again, doing a little bit of acknowledging and remembering like, why might I feel this way? Why might it be hard for me to receive in this way? Um, And not only about the circumstance, but using this as an opportunity to look at your relationship with receiving in general, like receiving for me has always been something that has felt transactional, like a quid pro quo kind of thing. Like people are only giving me things because they want something from me. Um, Or you're giving me this now, but I cannot rely on you to give me anything in the future. So it's actually meaningless that you're giving me this now, you know, like there was so much that came up about not just money, but my relationship with receiving at all. (laughs) And so use it, like sit with it and map out like, what am I feeling here? And how does this relate to experiences around the topic and experiences around receiving? And then once you have those things identified, there are so many different processes that you can go to, to like heal and alchemize those particular experiences. Um, But then the other thing that I said, because I said that there were two things that came up The other thing is that it's important to not put so much pressure on yourself about um, what happens afterwards. So for me, in particular, with this one month, I was like really freaking out because I was like, is every month going to be like this? Is this just my life now? Is this never going to happen again? Was this like a fluke? And that was a whole like area of my mind (laughs) that was like projecting into the future, like what is going to happen now that this has happened. And so as much as you can try to just pull yourself into like the experience that you are having now and help yourself to feel like you don't actually have to make any projections or choices or assessments about what's going to happen in the future because of this event. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Cause I think like sometimes we work so hard to get to like a certain goal Mm -hmm. and then like you said like it's like okay well now I have this new precedent like I have to keep upholding Mm -hmm. this otherwise I'm a failure otherwise there's something wrong with you know like I I really like that thinking about like don't worry about the other part either Mm -hmm. you know that creating compassion around that (laughs) not just like don't worry about it Um, right but like notice yourself doing it you can even treat it as a like a train in the station kind of thing like okay this thought I'm doing that thing where I I project into the future okay I'm I'm doing this for a minute but I know I won't be doing this forever Um, but not getting on the train and riding the train off into oblivion if you can like whatever, whatever, however that metaphor continues to work for you. I know that metaphor is going to really help me, Um, (laughs) but whatever it means for you to not just like take on responsibility for now planning your whole life around the fact that this one thing has happened, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. I think so. Like I I could see that it's like, I ride this for one stop and then I'm getting up. Like I'm not going to give my whole day, my whole body and energy. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Thank you so much for this amazing, wonderful, like super healing, super enlightening chat. Um, mm-hmm. And I just want to say, like, if you want to share, like, how can people connect with you? Where can they find you? Where can they reach you? What stuff is coming up? You know, like, we'll put all the links and everything as well, but just so you can like say it too. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I'm on Instagram the most. Everything else is basically obsolete, honestly. <laughs> like even my website is like nothing. So please go to Instagram if you are looking for me. Um, I'm Samara Kasai on there. And then as far as connecting with me, you can email me if you don't have Instagram, because I know not everybody does. So my email is hello at 
K-A-S-A-I-T-H-R-I-V-E, so kasaithrive.com. Again, kasaithrive.com is not a functioning website though, so <laughs> don't go there. You will, you will see, I can't even say what you'll see there. Nothing. Um, it's not real. So, but the email address does work. So if you want to get to me, you can do that. Um, and when is this coming out actually? On Friday. So on the 11th. Oh, okay. Perfect. So I have my secret launch. I can let you all in on that. It'll still be happening. (laughs) So I'm doing a secret launch of single private sessions, which I only do once a year. And that is open until March 16th. And so I can give you all the discount code for 40% off if you want to check out a single session with me, or you can book a three session package. Um, And all those sessions have to be reserved by the 16th, but you can schedule them out into the spring. So until basically like July, you can, you can schedule your sessions. So if you're interested in that, that's one thing that's happening now. And then you all can also, if you're interested in going really deep on trauma-informed manifestation, I have my three-month group program coming up called Moody and Magnetic. And that's where I really break through all the different steps that we talked about today and teach them alongside the trauma-informed principles that are put forth by SAMHSA, which I always forget what those letters mean, but um, the substance abuse, mental health, S, okay, by <laughs> that organization, which I'm sure Amanda can, can um, yeah, we can link it, yeah. link it, but they put forth trauma-informed principles, and so I teach you how to kind of go about manifestation in line with those trauma-informed principles, and then we do some group spells together and we have coaching sessions. And so it's just a really like yummy three month way to just get really good at manifesting from a trauma informed place. And that wait list is open until the 19th and everyone on the wait list will get $888 off and then we'll start accepting people on the 20th. So that's what's coming down the pike for me. Yeah. So much good stuff. Thank you so much for being here finally glad that we got to connect I know, <laughs> we scheduled this in like December or something I get really excited and then I reach I have like a list of like 20 people and mm. I forget that I only have guests on the podcast like every other week right and so yeah. it's like okay yeah I'm gonna reach out to these 20 people and then they're like responding it's like okay so I'm booked out <laughs> till like freaking August now <laughs> I love it well I'm happy I got in now then <laughs> yeah I know yeah I've been trying to like space it out a little bit but yeah so so like very divinely timed like love this conversation and I feel like I'm gonna be like listening to it and taking notes because you were speaking directly to me but yeah um until next time everyone goodbye Thank you for listening to Witchy and Weird Pod. If you want to stay up to date on all the latest and greatest, follow us on the socials under Witchy and Weird Pod. And if you want to stay in contact with our host, Amanda, follow them on IG under Amanda Sakratov Intuitive and Twitter and TikTok under Amanda Sakratov. And if you love Witchy and Weird Pod and want to support all that we do, become a patron and get access to exclusive benefits like discounts on merch, bonus content, and woo-woo experiences. As usual, everything is linked in the show notes. Bye!